This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Shirts for the Scene. Head over to thepopgoproject.com and you can purchase your favorite band t-shirt today. We are raising money for the local artist in Northeastern Pennsylvania whose income was drastically affected by COVID-19 in 2020. And although we're in a new year, bands will continue to struggle to perform like they once did. So grab a shirt, support a band. The proceeds of each sale go right to the bands whose shirt you are buying. Once again, head over to thepopgoproject.com and grab your shirt today. Shirts for the Scene is made possible by Axelrad Screen Printing. Visit them today at axelradarmy.com. My guest today was once a trader on Wall Street before giving it all up to focus on music. He just released a four-song EP called My Name Is Not Kaiser in September of last year, followed up by a new single called Minus Nine just last week. We talked about the strategy behind releasing this project, streaming and playlists on Spotify, the pros and cons of social media, what the future holds, and more. It was such a pleasure putting a human face to his animated online presence. Welcome to the show, Telco. What's up? Yo, what's going on? Nice to meet you. Not much. Yeah, nice to meet you too, man. Kinda. Kinda in this digital Kinda. age. Yeah, as close as we get. Yeah. How are things? It's going good. I uh flew down to Florida with my fiance. She's from Florida, so I'm actually down here for a couple of weeks. Um we got out of the snow and everything like that. So I post up here for a couple of weeks. So it's nice. It's like 70 degrees walking outside with short sleeves. So how was traveling? Honestly, we were saying I felt more in danger at Wegmans on a Sunday than I do flying <laughs> on a plane. It's like, it's not that bad. I mean, everybody has their masks on and stuff like that. But you go to a grocery store nowadays, it's like jam packed and people are on top of you and stuff like that. But flying was not that scary, to be honest. But Florida is pretty crazy. It's wide open here. Like there are no rules and places are packed. Really? Now, crazy. does that concern you? Uh, it it would if I was going out, but I've kind of, my parents have had some health issues. Uh, so I've been like super, super locked in since, since this all went down. So other than flying here, which obviously doesn't put my parents at risk, but, uh, yeah, I've been like super careful. But if I was like somebody at risk and I was here in Florida, it's, it's crazy. I, I would be nervous. That's what I hear. I hear like Florida is crazy. I hear Texas is wild. Um, just certain parts of the world, they just don't give a shit. Which I guess, I, I mean, it's cool, and it's like, it's it's hard. It's a hard, it's such a hard thing to navigate, right? Because like, it's out there, it exists, but like, you know, how much of it is the media, you know, making it worse than it is? If that's the case, I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and say that it's it's not bad because obviously, um, I trust the 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 people who tell us that you know cases are up and people are dying and all that kind of stuff. So I'm not going to sit here and say like I don't believe it. But some people either. out there, they just think that uh, this is not real. Yeah. And and that was the weird thing. We were driving, we were going to go to the beach and we got to the beach and it was jam packed. So we didn't go. And I, we were driving past all these people and bars were packed, restaurants were packed. And I was like, I don't know if I dislike these people. I don't know if I'm jealous of these people. Like, I, I don't know how to feel about anybody anymore because it's become such a like uh, a political thing. Um, that's hard to tell how I feel about any of it. So I'm just, I'm pumped that we're into 2021 now. Like 
seeing on my timeline, people getting vaccinated, people I know getting vaccinated. And it's kind of like, you can feel that weight of 2020 kind of at least starting to maybe come off a little bit. So, right. I hope so, man. I, you know, as far as the virus is concerned, I feel like, okay, yeah, we're making progress. But when that's happening, you know, the rest of the world is, is falling apart. It seems, you know, the, the incident that just happened last week with the, uh, the Capitol and, you know, I don't want to make this uh, a political discussion by any means, and we'll get into the, the fun stuff. But I mean, I I heard that something was happening, and I you know went online and I looked and I saw visuals of what was happening, and I I got sick to my stomach, uh, and I don't typically get like that, but I saw that and I was just like, wow, this is this is crazy. I um, well, as you know, obviously with music, it's like half of like. 20% of it is the music and 80% of it's marketing, right? So when we were getting ready to put out the new single, we were like, we're going to wait till 2021. People will be excited. It's a new year. Things are going to be good. Vaccinations will be start rolling out. It's an uplifting song. And two days before we put it out, all this stuff went on with the Capitol. And I was like, obviously, we're not a big band like that. We have to change our schedule based on these things. But I was like, how am I supposed to? I, I thought we would at least get a week of solid feel goodness of right. 2021 before all the crap of 2022 just spilled over and i'm sitting there i was watching and i was like i don't even know if i can put out something uplifting now because it just feels out of touch you know yeah. and so i was caught in this place where i was like either this is going to be a good way to escape from that or it's going to be wildly out of touch but it's like every day you flip on the news or you you it's crazy you can't have a conversation with anybody anymore you know no. and it, Everybody I know is calm, rational, sensible, simple, sensible people. But the second you log in online, everybody's crazy. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it really is. It's and that's I always say the internet, specifically uh, social media, is like a blessing and a curse because it gives everyone a voice that has an opinion. And I always feel like the uh, uninformed like speak the loudest. <laughs> yeah, if that makes right. sense, right? But I mean, not That's, that you should have an opinion, but it just um, facts are facts, and the craziest five percent of each side get all the attention, and then yeah. the silent ninety percent in the middle—they're the people who suffer. You know yeah. what I mean? You're right, and that's why I like. I mean, you know, podcasting and, and freeform discussion and stuff. I feel like is the only anecdote for that right now because it's the only time people are having nuanced conversation, and you see that in the music world all the time. It's very hard to have any sort of nuanced opinion on anything. You have to be black or white. And anytime someone wades into that, like no man's land of some sort of nuance or complicated subject, they just get annihilated or they get canceled or, or whatever it is, you know, right. it's, it's, that's why I like podcasts like this. It's, it's the only way that you can get out who you really are without it being cut down into little bite-sized things that get you in trouble. <laughs> well, don't, don't say that because people could cut this up if they wanted it's to. True. Thankfully yeah. I have like five listeners, so that won't happen here. So uh, yeah. speak freely. <laughs> you're you're safe. We'll have 10, you're but... safe. You're safe here. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but um, so should I call you Michael? Yeah, please. All right. Michael, uh, Michael uh, started a project uh, last year. Um, well, I shouldn't say started. I don't know when you started it, but you released music under the name Telco last year. Um, and you got me your music that I played on uh, the radio when I had a radio show fairly early. Um, 
and it was weird because you reached out to me and your music is stuff that I've, I've, I haven't heard locally. And when I say locally, I mean, Northeastern Pennsylvania. Um, it was definitely different from everything else that was, you know, kind of being created. Um, so, you know, was that like, did you come into, you know, this, this project as, you know, wanting to create that or, or, is this your style? Like this is a place, you know, a, a chance for you to kind of just talk about, you know, telco in general and kind of where, how it started and where you're going. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, before I get into that, I was going to say when you first played that song, cause we sent it to you before it was even out uh, officially streaming. And at the time it was when quarantine was just going down. And I remember we were, me and my fiance, we were quarantining in the Poconos trying not to get my parents sick. And you played it on the radio for the first time and we ran out to the car and like I had all my friends list. It was a math for me. It was like the biggest moment in the world was hearing my song on the radio for the first time. So I wanted to thank you in person for that. Cause that was huge. So, um, so thank you for that. Um, you're welcome. But in hey, terms I'm, of, I'm, oh, I'm sorry. I'm just sorry. I couldn't, uh, yeah. you know, keep, keep playing your, your new stuff. We'll get into that too, but yeah, well, this is great too. So, um, in terms of the project itself was it evolved over, a long period of time. I started writing in college and then um, I did it sort of secretly. secretly. Uh, no one knew I was really even into music or that I was practicing singing. I used to do it. Every, anytime my parents would leave the house, I would just like lock the doors and stuff like that, practice singing. And then as soon as they would come home, I'd see them in the driveway. I'd like go sit on the couch, pretend like I wasn't doing anything. So I did all of it kind of in secret because I wasn't very good. Um, and so I started putting together this music. And then finally, when I was in college, I said to my parents, I was like, Oh, I want to do music for a living. And I've been practicing behind closed doors for years now. And they were needless to say, they were like shell shocked. Um, and they told me I had to go to college anyway and, and finish out college. Um, so I ended up getting my finance degree and going working as a trader on wall street for three years. Um, and I used that. I thought, okay, I can either drop out and get a job waiting tables and try and make music that way, or I could go get a great job and use the money that I'm making from that career and put it into my music and fund myself instead of trying to get a record label to fund me or something like that. So all of what became Telco happened when I was out. Um, I was living in New Jersey and working uh, as a trader. And it sort of just came together from my apartment at the time. And I was trying to make music that like at the beginning of this conversation was a little nuanced, right? Because I used to always think a lot of the stuff that you hear on the radio nowadays, it's very black and white in the same way. It's like, it's like a breakup song where they're smashing someone's car and saying all nasty things about it. Or it's a love song where it's like, everything is amazing. And as any like normal human being knows, it's always somewhere in the, in the middle of those two things. Um, but no one really tends to write music about those in between sort of feelings. So, um, that was kind of what I wanted Telco to be. So I wanted to be something that was a little bit in the, the gray area of where people were writing music. Um, and so the first song that we put out was say hello, which was the one that I sent to you. And that was exactly supposed to be exactly that it, it switches between like this minor key verse and this major key chorus. And some of it's super depressing. Some of it's somewhat optimistic and it's supposed to sort of be an accurate representation of what being in relationships is actually like so try to carry that forth with the ep and sort of have that same nuance in the other songs as well 
Um, and that was kind of my vision and, and nuance and authenticity were the only two things that were constant in the EP in terms of the genre or what the music sounded like, you know, I'll, I'll make any kind of music that I feel like it, as long as it feels authentic to that sort of mission, you know what I mean? Right. Yeah. And, um, for those of you listening, uh, I've, I've compared it and I, I, every time I compare, you know, people I talk to, to other artists, I always preface it with, I hate doing this because I don't, the last thing I would want to do is say, Hey, you sound like X, Y, Z. And you're like, shit, I hate that band. It's always um, someone who has more followers than me. So I'm, I'm happy with it. <laughs> oh, well, yeah. So I, I, I told you this too. I, I like the, the, the style and even a little bit of the vocals kind of reminds me of the fray. Hmm. Um, and I'm still, I'm still, there's, there's another band that there's, there's hints of, and I can't think of it. I'm still trying to, I've been trying to think of it for eight months now, but, um, I just think it's, it's great. It's great music. Um, and I haven't really dug into the lyrics as far as, um, what the songs are about, um, as much as I have just kind of digging the, 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 the sound of it. But, um, yeah, well, that was something that is interesting i always think about lyrics and i think of it i always go back and forth because sometimes i like very cryptic lyrics like a lot of my favorite artists like bony bear or or something like that they have very cryptic lyrics and then some of my favorite songs are ones that are just brutally brutally honest um and so like lyrics for me have always been kind of like trying to balance those two between being somewhat figurative and artistic and then also just saying what you mean because sometimes you can write you know, a whole poem about something, but if you just come out and say it, it's, it's so much easier. You know what I mean? Yeah. And also I, I, you know, a lot of artists say, you know, they don't want people to know what the song is about because they want the, the listener to just kind of, you know, interpret it how they want to. So, uh, do you find that to be on par with your stuff? Yeah. Um, for the most part, I try not to like, try not to reveal like, all of what goes in behind the song uh, because I know for me uh, personally, like my favorite music was the kind that I could project my own story onto the music, um, which is why I chose Telco, right? Because if I came out as Michael Gilbride, the artist, then people are going to go, these songs are all about Michael Gilbride and his relationship and his whatever. But if you have some sort of intermediation between those things and you go by telco instead this project name suddenly people are projecting their life stories onto these songs right sure and so that was the whole reason i picked a project title instead of my name even though it is a solo project um was so that it would give room for people to put themselves into the songs you know because I, I didn't want it to be songs about my experiences i wanted it to be about experiences and then they can insert themselves into it that's really interesting. I never, I don't know if I ever thought of it that way before, but that's a, that's really great. Um, and I think you've done a lot to, you know, keep yourself out of it too, with the animation and, you know, the videos, it's, it's, it's never you it's, it's this, you know, and is, is Telco anything specific or it's just kind of a name? No, that was, it was a name I saw on a door somewhere and I was just like, this is going to be my name now. And it's funny because it's another thing I kind of struggle with, which is like, if you try and pick words and try and get the exact words to say how you're feeling, it can be very difficult. So sometimes it's easier to pick a word that no one has any sort of association with and just say, this word now means this, right? Like 
no one has association with the word telco other than telecommunications in the finance industry or something like that, right? So if I just say, oh, this means my band now, people are like, all right, cool, whatever. You know what I mean? But if you try and reassociate something that people are already familiar with as your band name, no one's going to buy it. Um, so I just sort of adopted it. It was sort of the same thing with this, the title to the new single, Minus Nine, was like just something I had in my voice notes that I decided to keep. And it's like Minus Nine now means this song. And, and people are like, whatever, you know, I buy it. Right. Yeah, I just I think it's fascinating, and I I had like a little bit of like a gorillas vibe in, in the mm. in the animation that you you created, and kind of like I said, you'd never really exposed yourself. And one thing I did notice or I saw on social media, um, as much as you've kind of hidden behind the name, and I, maybe hide is not the right word to use because you're not hiding behind the name. Obviously, it's it's a well thought out um, thing, and and why you named it that. But I saw that you released your cell phone number. Yeah. Yeah. We, <laughs> how did that work out? <laughs> so I'll preface it by saying you would be shocked how kind people are. Like I've got nothing but extremely positive, nice text messages for people. I was, I was very concerned what was going to happen when, when that happened, because it is my legit phone number. Like it's, uh, I have two phones now and it's, it literally is the phone that's in my pocket. So that was, that was weird. But when we were putting together a project, we were like, I didn't want my face to be the focus of the project. I don't want to have to be taking selfies every day and being like, you know, trying to promote my project that way. Like right. I said, I wanted it to be a project and I want people to insert themselves into the music. So I wanted there to be that sort of intermediation between me and the listener. Right. But at the same time, I didn't want to come off as like a douchebag, you know, and be like, I'm trying to keep everybody at a distance. And like, I didn't want to come off as some artistic artsy farty, like hotshot kind of guy either. So when I was talking about with my manager, who's just my best friend, who's, we're, we're like an indie band through and through. He's just my best friend. Uh, and we were talking about it. And we were like, what if we're like a little bit distant in the way that we present ourselves, but in the way we communicate with our listeners, we're as authentic as you can possibly be. Right. And we were like, maybe that's a way to, to let people know that we're in the room. We're engaging with you. We appreciate everybody who listens to our music but I'm not going to be the face of everything that you see. So we released our phone number um, and I've been having conversations with people all the time. And we did this marketing campaign where we were sending free merch out to people. So we would send them stickers and I would write them a handwritten letter and all they did was subscribe to our newsletter. So things like that, where it's like suddenly, no, they're not seeing my face all the time. And yeah, there's a bunch of artwork in between me and the listener. But at the same time, they have me and their contacts in their phone. And they also have a handwritten letter for me in their room. So you're creating fans in a different way than if I was just posting selfies of myself all the time, because I'm not attractive enough to do that. You know? I, I love it. Um, and you're talking to a guy who put uh, his stupid face on his... his <laughs> that is a great logo. <laughs> that thing is beautiful. I was just looking at that the other day. I love it. Shout out to Keith Perks who did that for me. Beautiful. <laughs> Well, it's one of those things like I, you know, not to come off you, but I, when I was creating this whole thing, um, I didn't want to use my name and mm -hmm. I didn't want to use my face, but when I was talking to people, they're like, people know who you are and not, mm -hmm. not just, and that's what I was afraid of. Like, I don't want to sound pretentious. I don't want to sound like this egotistical maniac. Like, I don't want to do that, but like people, but people know who you are. People like, like you, they respect you. Like you have to use your name. And then I'm like, okay, let's, all right, we'll do the name. That's fine. And I don't know how like the, the, the face came uh, to be. 
um, like I said, none of it was planned. You're, you, you have a well thought out plan about, you know, this project. <laughs> it all came I, together. I didn't. <laughs> well, I think that's the interesting thing for you. Like using your name comes off as authentic because you're having these real conversations, right? It would be egotistical if you tried to come up with something that wasn't you, right? right. But for me, I'm in the opposite position where it's like indie music specifically nowadays is very person centric where it's like every indie musician is just plastering their Instagram with selfies and pictures of them, you know, stories of them waking up out of bed and, and right. fiddling around on their guitar. It's, it's very me centric. So it's the opposite in your situation where it's like by using your name, you're coming off as authentic. You know what I mean? And that was the goal. I mean, I wanted to have, you know, honest, genuine conversations. Um, yeah. We, we we spoke earlier about Joe Rogan and if, yeah, I, could right. be, if I could be uh, the Joe Rogan of NEPA, that'd be cool with me. <laughs> We're mutual fans. I'm a huge fan of him. Yeah. yeah he's awesome. Although yeah. I haven't really enjoyed his most recent uh, guests and that's probably because of, you know, COVID related, I'm sure, but just, I don't know. Just not, it's not, it hasn't been doing it for me lately, but I have been able to like kind of go back into the archives and, since it's on Spotify now, he has all of them listed out and it's everything's like from episode one till now. So it's yeah. I've kind of been consuming the older ones, which has been cool to kind of see how he's grown, you know, from where he started to where he is today. But yeah, uh, and it's nice too. I mean, like you have it where it's like, it feels like a conversation like the, and those are my favorite types of things. That's why for Telco, we try and get as many po- I try and get on as many podcasts as I can. Cause I think, having real conversations is the best way to get across any sort of like authenticity. But for you, like you can tell, like it's, it's free flowing. Like you're, it's just, we're just talking, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's the great way to get information out there nowadays. That's believable. Thank you. Yeah. And I love your approach. Like I, it's, it's kind of refreshing to kind of, you know, to you, for you to have that thought out, you know, as far as you have, like, um, I don't know that a lot of people think that that way. Um, not saying they don't, but I mean, I, you're the first person I've talked to that kind of like has this, um, you know, kind of prepared this way. It's, it's really interesting to, to really think about and, you know, hear about. Yeah. Um, I think, um, coming from a business world is a little different than like a lot of musicians. Like I got my degree in finance. I went and worked, you know, as a trader for three years, like I knew that if I was going to leave that job specifically, which was an amazing job for me to have, I need to do this right. Cause I had no intentions on this flopping, you know what I mean? Um, and so I knew that putting my music out there, even if it was a killer song, was going to be enough. It needs to actually get in front of people. And to do that, you have to have an understanding of how to, how to market yourself, how to brand yourself. So we tried to get on that as early as we possibly could, which is why you heard from us before our stuff even came out, you know, cause we were trying to get that groundwork set. So we can have a good debut. And how has the response been so far? It's been great. Um, I mean, the EP release went great. Um, we got up to like, we're up to like 150,000 streams on say hello, which is, is great for, um, you know, someone, the hard part was we had no momentum. No one knew who we were. We had never posted anything prior to the day the song got released. So we were really just starting to push the rock from completely stopped. Um, and so trying to get momentum instantaneously was, was challenging. Um, but thankfully 
you know, because of my job, I had resources to put into advertising and to, you know, uh, playlisting and things like that, that we were able to sort of get a really good jump from the start. And the challenge is now is, is now taking those streams and trying to get fans out of them and trying to get people who are coming back and engaging with you and, and uh, would be willing to buy a ticket to your show, right? So, which is exactly why we're less focused on establishing credibility with like streams and blog write-ups and things like that. And we're now more focused on actually getting fans that will come out and support us, which is, you know, like by releasing the phone number and and all these things, we're trying to get people and connect with them and, and get people who are actually going to make this sustainable for us in the long term. Yeah. You mentioned, um, I started writing it down and I kind of, it kind of got scribbly. Um, shoot. <laughs> Uh, you, said, you said something uh, that really was interesting. Um, streams. Shit. Shit, shit, Talk shit. about blogs. No. Um, blogs, streams. Um, Playlisting? Oh, yes. That's it. Thank you. Um, I feel like that's been... I wanted you to talk a little bit about that because I see a lot of bands, you know, they'll share, hey, we just made it on, you know, Joe Schmo's playlist yeah. or, you know, uh, a, a local project here, uh, Sleep Lore. Um, or maybe that wasn't really a playlist, but he was he he made the top 10 of uh, alternative presses uh, bands to look out for in 2021. But I see a lot of bands that are really pushing like, hey, we made this playlist, we made that playlist. And not that they made it on Spotify, but like they, they got on, you know, a, a bigger, you know, well-known name playlist. Uh, how important is that um, in what you do and, and in the, in the scene in general, because I think that's kind of what I see a lot of people doing. Yeah. Well, there's two big camps, right? There's the Spotify editorial playlists and then there's everything else. There's the third party playlist. So you and I can create a playlist on Spotify, right? We could get a thousand people to follow it. And then, you know, people will be interested in coming on, uh, getting added to your playlist because you have a thousand followers, right? But the Spotify editorial playlists, those are the ones that are actually created by Spotify themselves. They vet all of the, the musicians that they bring onto their playlist. And then they're the ones that are very difficult to get on and you can get a lot of streams from. And you know they're all legit streams because that's a huge problem now with third-party playlists is you'll have a company, they'll hire a bunch of robots basically to stream a song. Um, they'll get 40,000 fake followers and then right. they'll stream your song with these robots and people will rack up stats. But the thing is, is that they then get punished by Spotify because Spotify knows their bot streams. Right. So if you saw over Christmas, Spotify took down 750,000 people's songs because they were suspected as for having bot streams. Right. Hmm. Wow, so I didn't see that. Yeah. So if you're getting illegitimate streams, Spotify actually penalizes you for that. And they, they penalize those playlists, rightfully so. Right. Um, and you'll never make it on a Spotify editorial if you're getting fake streams. So when we made it on Fresh Finds, which is an editorial playlist by Spotify, that was really good validation for us because we knew, okay, all of our stats are legitimate. Otherwise, we wouldn't have gotten on this playlist. So it's sort of like a double-edged sword where it's like you want to get on as many playlists as possible, but they have to be legit ones because if they're not, 
you could really shoot yourself in the foot. So people who go and pay for guaranteed placement on a playlist or something like that, you end up shooting yourself in the foot because then you get penalized on the back end. So it's like a, it's a really tricky place to navigate, especially right now. Right. Yeah. So, and you said, you, you know, you have 150,000 streams, you know, I'm, I'm old school. I, I'm, you know, my late thirties, I grew up, um, you know, at one point with cassettes and then, uh, CDs. Uh, so, I mean, what does that number mean to you? Cause I, I mean, I know what, it, you know, it is to sell, we sold a million records. Like what is, what is the stream? What, what does that mean to you? How does that translate into, um, you know, fans, um, you know, money, uh, things like that. Yeah. Well, money about zero. <laughs> it, I <laughs> That's think what it's I like three tenths of a penny, I think, per stream, if I'm right. Uh, so money is about zero. Fans, yeah. it depends, right? Because it's like 150,000 streams is good for establishing credibility as a, a brand new, you know, project. But if you do nothing with it, nothing, nothing comes of it. Does it just keep growing? It's not like people are knocking on our door to sign us. Like we got two publishing offers like to get signed for publishing deals um that we ultimately didn't sign so there was some traction and certainly like you get some credibility and we were able to get on like spotify fresh finds because of the momentum and stuff like that so that was great in terms of everything else you know if you have ten thousand high quality streams versus one hundred fifty thousand. It really is no difference because it's all going to depend on who actually pays money for you to see you at a show or who actually goes to your website and buys your merch because streaming alone isn't going to pay the bills. So I know people who have 10,000 streams on their top song who can actually blow me out of the water in terms of financial viability as a career um, because they also have like 50% of those 10,000 people are willing to go to their shows and buy merch. So it's a matter of how can you convert those streams into people that are genuine fans. Um, and so for us, like what my plan was, was get the fire going, build the fire up and now start turning these people into, to, to long-term, you know, believers in the project. So, um, that's kind of been the focus recently. And how do you plan on doing that without being able to physically play in front of them? That's the hard part. And I mean, that's why we're trying to get creative. Like, with the phone number thing um, and trying to film like for me, the way that we plan out content, cause I was never a social media person. In fact, before I put together telco, I wasn't even on social media cause I, I just didn't like it and I was terrible at it. I noticed that um, I tried finding you and I'm like, this kid doesn't exist. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I, I was worried that you thought I was like a sketchy person because I just came out of the blue and was like, Hey, You're- Dude, you you really did. Like, it came out of nowhere. Yeah. I'm like, but the music's really good. Like, obviously, this is not. But then I'm like, okay. So then when I, I kind of found you, and I saw you, like, you were in New York, but you were still here. And I think I even yeah. messaged you saying, like, it, it almost got to the point where I was like, I don't, this music's really good. I don't even, I don't, I'm not sure it's even from here. Like, that's how, <laughs> yeah, right. honest to God, I was just like, it wasn't like I didn't believe you. It just, it was one of those things where I'm like, this does, this. And I, I find myself yeah. saying this a lot. The, this, the the music that comes out of this area is so good sometimes. It's like, I can't believe it comes out of here. So it was one of those those moments where I'm like, maybe this kid is not, maybe he's <laughs> not from here. Maybe he's just trying to get some radio play. So that he, like, not that yeah. I have like this amazing show <laughs> that's going to do anything for you. But, you know, yeah. people have told me that, you know, if you get on radio, you can put that in your, your EPK, yeah, right. all that kind of stuff. And I'm like, okay, no, he does exist. He's from here. Yeah. 
<laughs> I well, yeah, I, I grew up in West Granton my whole life. I went to West Granton High School. Like I went to the University of Granton, so I was even here an extra four years. And then what I didn't realize was that I'm. I didn't realize I was a private person until I met people who weren't private people and kind of put their stuff everywhere and put their face everywhere. I'm also horrifically unphotogenic to anybody who knows me. Like I come off as unintelligent in photos. I, I don't, I can't fix it. So uh, i like have a, it's like aversion to taking pictures of myself. So I kind of became a bit more private. And um, so I was actually off social media at the time that I was putting telco out there. Um, and so when I was like, okay, I'm going to come back into the social media world. We're going to start pushing this. Like, what kind of content do I want to be putting out? Do I want to be posting five times a day? Do I want to be posting once a week? Like, how does that look? Because obviously with the algorithms and stuff like that, you have to be churning out content if you want to get, you know, pushed by the Instagram algorithm. And so we were like, you know, we wanted to put out high quality content less frequently. So for example, like the say hello music video, right? That was something that took forever to get made and created. And it took a lot of like creative work to get uh, sort of finished. But we thought that that was a really high quality piece of content. Instead of just filming some, you know, indie music video for myself, we wanted to create something really high quality. But then we won't put out a music video for this new single because we just can't do that for every single one. So Right. Um, it was a little bit different than like, we, we went quality over quantity, which honestly may not be the best decision sometimes with the way that social media sort of rewards consistency. But yeah, I just, I just don't like putting out stuff just to put out stuff, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's a tough spot because like you're saying, you, you know, the more content, the better, but also it's, you don't, you don't want garbage, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. Yeah. It's, it's tough. It was funny when I asked you to do one of those videos for me, um, saying you were part of the pro- the Popco project. I'm like, I wonder if I'll actually do one because <laughs> yeah. I, I had that vibe. Like maybe he doesn't want to be seen. So funny. I dreaded that for forever. And then you could have told me no. Right? You could have no, told me no. I would, I, you were the guy who put me on the radio. I was not going to say no. I was like, and then like a week before you asked me to do that, my dad gave me a quarantine haircut, which he's been giving me since this all went down. So I had like <laughs> a buzzed head and I was sitting there and I'm like trying to find a good angle. And I just looked like a chimpanzee at every, and I was like, <laughs> I'm just going to send it to him because I don't want to look at this anymore. Uh, but no, I was happy to do it. Oh, that's funny. That's really yeah. funny. Yeah. But I thought maybe, maybe he won't do it. Cause maybe he just, he's trying to be secret. Yeah. Maybe he's trying to be like the gorillas and he just has I, this like, you know, I felt it. I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm really glad that he's playing my music, but I definitely think he thinks I'm sketchy or I'm I'm not who I say I am or I'm like secretly living in New York or something like that. But you can ask anybody. I mean, I worked at Ail Mary's downtown like for I believe you, man. I believe you. <laughs> you know, I, it's the real deal. I'm a Scrantonian. Yeah, it's funny. It's one of those things where it's, it's like, all right, if you're not on social media, what are you trying to hide? Isn't that so weird? Yeah, you I think know. it'd be like it's it's crazy that we think that way now. Where it's like, if someone's on not on social media, I don't trust them. Yeah, it's even weird. though everybody on social media lies about themselves anyway, right? You know, so it's like, I honestly, the people who are off social media are, tend to be the more authentic ones, but I just don't trust them. Yeah. <laughs> Funny. Well, how am I supposed to creep on you if you don't have yeah. social media? You know, jeez. Right. I know it's crazy, uh, especially now when you can't go anywhere. Yeah. What else are you supposed to, I know I, I'm getting obsessed now with 
I said that to my fiance. I was like, I need to lock up my phone for a couple hours a day or something. And yeah. Especially with the, the problem is with music now, I'm so want to succeed as a musician that I'm on my Instagram, like interacting, engaging, trying to do everything constantly. And I feel like if I put my phone away, I'm hurting my chances at making as a musician. So it's even more of an incentive to grab my phone, which is already addicting as it is. Right. Oh, it's driving me nuts. Well, let's, let's kind of go there. Um, you know, you were you know, working as a trader in, mm. in Jersey, but mm-hmm. in New York, right? So it sounds like you had a great job, right? Financial security, all that kind of stuff. And you, one day you're just like, no, this is not for me. And I, I want to do music full time. Yeah. Um, so I knew in the back of my head that this was always going to be, that this was always the plan that I was not going to stay there. I just didn't really tell anybody because no one was going to believe me because I didn't have any music out there and they never heard me sing. And my parents to this day still haven't like seen me sing live or anything like that. So telling them that I was going to leave this amazing job was not going to fly. But for me, I always knew it was the plan. Um, So the way it worked as a trader was you would get bonuses at the end of the year, depending on how well you did. And so I just kept banking my bonuses and just putting them away and being like, this is my record deal. This is, this is essentially what's going to fund me to, to quit my job. Um, and I would call my parents every single day and I was like, I'm done. I'm quitting. I hate it. I, I just want to do music. And they were like, just wait it out. Let's like, get a little more money, like tuck a little more away. And then I was like, when 2020 bonus cycle came around at the end or at the end of 2019, I was like, that's it. I'm quitting. I'm going to be done. So we got paid in February or whatever. And then coronavirus hit. And I was like, I was already in quit mode. Like I already said, I was, I was quitting. I, my parents knew I just hadn't told anybody. And my parents were like, you can't quit now. There's a pandemic and like n- everything is in upheaval. Like it was in the midst of everything going on. They were like, you cannot quit your job. And I was like, I'm not staying. I refuse. Like I, I knew if I didn't quit then I was never going to do it. And so in March, uh, I called my bosses and it was like in the middle of everything that was going down. And I was like, yeah, I'm quitting to do music. And they were like, what are you talking about? We didn't even know you did music. And I was like, yeah, I've been like writing music in my free time when I'm not at work. Like I'm out of here. And they were surprisingly really amazing with it. And, uh, and then I just moved back to Scranton and I moved back to my parents' house and I went from being like a hotshot trader on wall street to living back in Scranton at my parents' house and, and making this EP out of their basement. And, uh, it was the happiest I had ever, <laughs> I had ever been like being out of there because I was finally doing what I wanted to do. But I knew if I didn't do it at that time, it was, there was going to be too much momentum, you know? Yeah. You know, I love hearing stories like that and, you know, I, I hope the best for you and you've obviously have a well thought out plan and, and you're not just kind of like, you know, quitting your job without, a plan. Uh, I have a good friend of mine and we just recently reconnected um, over the past year, I guess. And he was in finance, New York city. And he, one day he just quit, you know, and he's got a wife and a kid and um, you know, I, I've never been, I don't know if I'm just too scared or I just don't believe in myself. And, but I've also, I've never like set that kind of goal and that had that kind of plan in my life ever. Um, 
but yeah, I just, I, you know, I just, I see people like you and, and I just have so much respect for that and, and admiration mm-hmm. because not everyone can do that. You know, there's a lot of people who are scared and they want to make sure they have that, uh, you know, financial stability and, you know, they'll sit in their cubicle from nine to five for their entire lives and yeah, never take a risk. So I always think it's really cool to see when people do. Yeah. I appreciate it. And that's, I knew I was going to be miserable. Um, like I said, the people I worked with, they were the richest, most miserable people. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like they had the most money of anybody I knew, but so many of them, not all of them, a, lot, a ton of people were great, great people, but a lot of them were just miserable. I mean, they were commuting an hour and a half to work. Then they were working 13 hour days. Then they were commuting an hour and a half home. Yeah. And yeah, you have a big house and you've got, you know, a nice car and you've got all this stuff, but they were miserable. And I, I refused to kind of get sucked into that. And when you're getting paid that well at such a young age, you come this close to just being like, oh, screw it. I'm just going to, I'm going to stick with this. And I just refused to ever let myself get in that headspace. It was like, you know, I pretended like it was never mine to have in the first place. So giving it up wasn't that easy or, or wasn't that hard rather, right. uh, because I, I never really accepted it for what it was. Um, and so giving it up was not that hard. Um, but it's, it's tough to get out of, but I knew if, if I look back at, you know, 40 and, and thought I never gave it a proper shot, I would be miserable. So yeah, I just did it. And sometimes I look back and I, I never ever regretted it, but sometimes it's, it's fun to think about what kind of life you could add as you stayed. Yeah. I mean, you could always go back though. Couldn't you? I guess uh, it's never even popped in my head though, because I'm so much happier doing what I'm doing now. All right. Um, let's not talk about it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, perfect. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. I mean, good for you. I mean, there's a lot of people, like I said, that just can't even fathom that. So, and I, you know, it's, it's funny too. Cause like, it's not funny, but like you have this, like, again, this well thought out plan and you, and, and you want to execute it. And, I think today in order to make it as a musician, like you have to have all that. And, and it's completely different today than it was like 20, 30 years ago where, you know, rock stars, you know, made music and, you know, played shows and got drunk and all that kind of stuff. Now it's like, it's a business and it's not only like, you know, you have people to take care of that, the business side of things. Like a lot of the bands are also taking on that business role too. Yeah. And that was the thing we realized was like, you ha- you're an entrepreneur when you start a music career. Like, um, and that's the thing is like back in the old days, you used to be talented you have, you used to have a great voice or if you were a virtuoso on the guitar, right. You'd get signed to these record deals and they would yeah. foster your talent from that point forward. Nowadays, they just want to dump gasoline on the fire. Um, and so you have to have everything set up right from the start. You have to have your marketing, you have to have the streams, you have to have fans, you have to have, a database like we have to we're putting together a database of emails and you know where our fans are located and stuff like you can't afford to be the unorganized creative anymore you have to be a small business owner um and it's hard because it forces you to be in a lot of things you're not good at like for me i want to focus on creating music and i find myself on you know instagram or you know my email manager all the time um but it's something that you have to do if you want to break out of you know as as much as i love scranton and and this 
this area, it's like, I want to break out of the local scene and, and I want to become something that, you know, where I could tour the country or something like that. And to do that, you, you got to get yourself out there. And that's hard to do if you're, if you're not organized. Yeah. Well, I won't keep it too much longer. I want to make sure this is under an hour. So that way we could share it on Instagram. Cause if it's over an hour, from what I understand, you can't share it. Oh, totally. uh, so I want to be able to have it, have it for you for all the, all platforms. 59 minutes. <laughs> but I mean, I saw you're doing, uh, on next Monday, January 18th, I believe it is, uh, like in a, like a live acoustic set or, or, or version of the new song. Yeah, we, it's already filmed. So it's just going to be a live version, okay. uh, like a acoustic live version of the new single. Um, and we filmed it with a, a really good videographer named Chris uh, at the barbershop studios. Um, and so that's just going to be coming out on Monday um, just to support the new single, um, which came out you know, last Friday, just a couple of days ago. And then down the road, we're actually going to have another video that we have shot already, uh, which is going to be a whole production breakdown of minus nine, the new song um, and stuff like that. So some more stuff coming out down the road too. Cool. And you released the the EP and then you've already mm -hmm. followed it up. Well, I guess it's, I mean, it feels like yesterday. I guess it's four months ago. <laughs> it's flying. It's crazy. Uh, I mean, what's the plan as far as releases in 2021? Yeah. So we put the EP out. So technically I still consider this part of like the EP era. Um, like I'm still going to be promoting the EP. The new single is supposed to be a little bit of a shift in direction sonically right like it's much more bright and open than the ep was um and some of our artwork and things like that have changed a bit sort of in correlation with this new sort of vibe um and now we're going to kind of just sit back and now we're going to focus on trying to get things in motion for when the world reopens again and hopefully we can go out and play some live shows um so i think i'm going to be in the studio again, I think in February, I think we're going to do a cover of a song, which I won't say yet. So I'm not sure we're going to stick with it. Um, but that's going to be in February. But in terms of new music, it's going to probably be a bit because we're going to focus on trying to get the EP and the new single out into the real world whenever we're allowed to do that. If I try and project 2021, I who the freak knows? Because Yeah, I mean, I'm in sales and they ask for projections and it's like, I have no idea. <laughs> kidding. Yeah. Like, it's so, have you seen what's happened? Yeah. It's so up in the air. Only for a little while longer. I'm actually leaving, uh, Shamrock radio, uh, oh, at really? the end of this month. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I, uh, was offered a position with Axelrad screen printing, who was the, nice. The, the, the company doing the shirts. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I've known the owner there. Well, a couple of the owners there for a, since they started and we've always talked about working together and he's, he's making some moves as far as expanding his business. And he's like, let's do this. And okay, yeah, it was, it was cool because, you know, before I, I could never like make the move because it's some, for various reasons, whatever. But now like it's, it's weird. Cause had he come to me and I still had the, the show on the radio, the show that I didn't get paid to do, I probably would have been like, ah, I don't know. Like I'm happy with what I'm doing, even though that was not my primary job, but everything kind of happened where, you know, the show got put on hiatus, um, you know, 
in November and you know, he, he called me in November, I guess it was, or maybe December and said, Hey, let's, let's do this. And I was like, well, maybe this is a sign. And, um, yeah. thankfully I, I still have this. So I was like, all right, well, this is great. I can, I can work there. I can, I can still do this and stay connected to the local scene. And, you know, once things kind of get back to, you know, normal, I don't think they'll ever will be a, a normal, but, um, you know, I kind of want to try and, and, and host shows under, under this, this whole umbrella, and uh, we'll see what happens. Yeah, that's great. I'm happy to hear that. And that's sort of the whole thing. It's like, you gotta, you gotta move while you have the opportunity to, because otherwise you get stuck in this place of sort of being comfortable and sort of being yeah. miserable. And for me, it was similar where it's like, I try and keep as many balls in the air as possible because then it allows me to move when I need to, because as soon as you get the slightest bit comfortable, it becomes so hard to move. Yeah. And that's, I think that's what was happening. And even, you know, the pandemic in general kind of threw a wrench into that because like I was making really good money. I had the radio show going and, you know, uh, I had a financial setback, you know, last year and things aren't looking much better. And this opportunity came across uh, my lap basically. And I was like, I can't, I can't not take this. This will never come back around if I ever said no to this. I'm pumped. I mean, those guys there and girls, um, the, the team is amazing. Um, they just get shit done. It's it's crazy. And they have fun doing it, it seems. So that's great. Yeah, and they've been great to us too. So I, I'm a huge fan of them. I mean, doing the whole uh shirts thing for us was amazing. So um and, and everything you did too with Alt Natives was was amazing. Uh and I love that radio station. That that's what I grew up listening to. So it's it's a bummer to see all that go down. But yeah, um, you know, things change and and new new good things come from it and like this podcast, you know. Yeah, yeah, we'll just you know, just kind of go with the flow. You yeah, know, it, exactly. the, the word that the word of 2020 was pivot. I I started hating. Right. That word. I know everyone was pivoting. <laughs> I uh, I said that I was talking to my fiance. I quit my job, moved home, got engaged, all in the same year, and it was like the on top of that it was already crazier to begin with. So I was like, this is. It's too much. I just, <laughs> I want to chill out a little bit. Uh, last year was crazy, but I feel like in those situations, if you could pivot quickly, you actually end up being happier because you're staying on the cutting edge of things. It's, it's when you start to put the brakes on that you, know, you get miserable. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Absolutely right. When do you get married? A year, about a year from now, it's January 8th, 2021. Um, yeah, we, we, I quit and I, I don't know, I guess I was this impulsive year and quit and got engaged and hey, man. everything, everything's changed and I'm the, the happiest I've been in a very long time. So it's, it's all good. You know what? One thing some, someone told me, or probably many people told me that I never really paid attention to, well, maybe I have, I don't know, but you know, you're only young once and, you know, take the risks when you're young, because that's when you can, you know, if, if you, you fail for whatever reason, you could figure it out like, you know, but you can't be 50 years old with a wife and kids and, and a house and God forbid you fail and you, you know, you fail your family. So take the risk. I, now I had that conversation with my parents every day. They were like, why don't you give it five years, save some money? I was like, do you, would you rather me be quitting my job when I've got a kid on the way or I'm married and I've got a house? Like it's never going to happen. If I don't do it right. now, it's never going to happen. No, you're and right. So, yeah. Cause that's what happens. I mean, you, you grow up and, and you, then you start living 
you know, with a certain paycheck and, you know, you buy nice things and you, you become accustomed to that lifestyle and you can't go backwards at that point. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, and you had kids and stuff. It's just like, you know, we have a little one. And you're responsible. What's that? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, well, I was going to say you're responsible to other people other than yourself, yeah, you know, absolutely. hundred percent, you know, so good for you, man. I'm proud of you. Uh, I look forward to, to seeing, uh, what telco does next and you know however i can be uh help to you please bell means reach out to me let me know i will do whatever i can um thank you so much hopefully i'll have thank this- you for supporting from the start yeah, uh, absolutely. that was amazing and uh best memory was sitting in the car listening to alt natives and i had like five beers in me at the time and we were <laughs> running in and out of the house trying to refill a beer before the next song came on so it was huge it was a big moment for us so thank that's, you you know that's Again, I, I did that show. I, I didn't get paid for it. Uh, but, you know, when that got put on hiatus, like I really, you know, it was a, it was a show on a Saturday night on a, a local radio station in, in Northeastern Pennsylvania, you know, Scranton, PA. I wasn't setting the world on fire, but I'll tell you what, man, doing that show gave me a sense of purpose, you know, and, yeah. and it's, and it's hearing things like what you just said. It's, um, you know, anyone can put their, their stuff on Spotify too, right? Like, yeah, I mean, I, I'm an idiot and I have a podcast that's on Spotify, you know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not an idiot. <laughs> but, but no, I mean, like, I, I feel like with radio, I mean, people like, do people still get excited about that, you know, hearing their song on the radio? I said, yeah, I mean, because they, you know, someone had to hear it and decide, mm. you know, it was good enough to be on the radio. And not that, like, I'm anybody uh, at it's all, huge. but I mean you know, you had to reach out and I had to listen to it. And, you know, not that I'm Simon Cowell, but from American Idol, but yeah. it was good. So it's like, let's play it. You know, and that's kind of what, that's, that's what it was meant for. It wasn't meant to, to kind of, uh, it, it was, it was meant to be a support for the local artists a hundred percent. So, and I pulled my phone out that night and I, you would have thought I got elected president with like the amount of texts that I had that night from every, like, all you that night you had like 30 of my closest friends and family all sitting like at the radio listening to it so like it was cool so i appreciate it and i'm I'm glad that you're keeping going with, with the podcast because it's great for artists like us who are just like trying to get you know a little bit of press and a little bit of our word out there so i appreciate it more than you know absolutely it's, it really is my pleasure and uh for those of you know, people listening uh where can they find you Tell yeah best please best place um is if you want the music is spotify um it's just telco it's lowercase t e l c o there's a capital t e l c o out there they haven't released music since 2013 so don't look at them come look for us um and then the other place to find us uh best place to find me is instagram which is at telco underscore music um and my phone number's on there so (laughs) shoot me a text i guess (laughs) call text them yeah do whatever you want Well, man, yeah, it was whatever a, you want. Yeah, <laughs> say hi. It was a pleasure uh, talking with you. I mean, it's 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 you know it's such a pleasure you know talking like this than it is you know just typing you know via email or Instagram because uh, like I said before, I thought you were just some some phony from New York. <laughs> yeah, right. That's great. Yeah, <laughs> it's kidding. so nice to I'm prove kidding. my legitimacy. I'm kidding. No, I love it. But yeah, so thanks for for doing this. Uh, uh, it was a pleasure for me to talk to you and uh, I look forward to hearing from you soon. Yeah, great, great meeting you as well. And thanks again for having me. I appreciate it. You got it, man. Thanks. Yep. All right, see ya.